when the church collectively unites their hearts in one accord mighty things happen in the name of God. We as a church body need to learn how to pray collectively with one heart with one mind with one spirit to unlock heaven's arsenal, to pour out upon us heaven's storehouse of treasure. When the body of Christ prays in one accord with her head, the Lord Jesus Christ, the world changes. Because the world and its God cannot stand up to the power of the Holy Spirit poured out upon a group of individuals who have one all-controlling desire to see Christ glorified in individuals. The church is dormant, when Christians do not pray with the unifying love of Christ. Christ prayed that the church would be one as they, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit are one. The church must in her highest activity, pray in one unifying spirit being aligned with the Holy Spirit of God. We as a church body must learn to pray with one accord to shake the foundations of demonic strongholds and to win people to Christ. To have revival of great and mighty things. A church that will foster unified prayer is a church that is moving heaven closer to earth. We as a church must unite our lives in such a way that we will pray as brothers and sisters in Christ with one supreme desire to see Christ our elder brother glorified. A church that does this, the gates of hell will not overcome her. I, Christ, will give you the keys of the kingdom, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Mount 16 18 19 NIV prayer from the Lord's Prayer is one that is in sweet holy communion with God, a love session with husband and wife. Fifth response, to say these words in a haphazard or hurried fashion is to commit a horrible sin. One must read these words in such a manner that their comprehension is weighted in one spirit that is fully resting in the Holy Spirit. One must come to these verses till their comprehension is understood. They must be meditated upon until the full weight of the Spirit's power be attested to, and fully subjected to in all of one's heart, mind, soul and strength. This is the love of God that we saturate our lives with the Scriptures. Here the entirely sanctified Christian must come daily to the well of the Lord's Prayer and so meditate upon it that his soul is refreshed. His mind is strengthened. Her body is quenched of all desires, crucified holy and holy. One's spirit is quickened and inflamed with revival. To not is to harden your heart against the wooing convictions of the Holy Spirit. To take the Lord's Prayer in any other context is an abomination that causes desolation in the Christian's heart. For instead of a holy God in the temple, a God of idolatry is placed one that is stone, wood, hay or stubble. When we do not stir up this prayer in our hearts in its fullest capacity it will not stir up the pure mind of Christ within. The Lord's Prayer must be so filled in our being that we stamp its activity in all that we do, say and become. Sixth response, corporate prayer is the backbone of the church. Without, such strength the church becomes powerless. It takes every Christian to pray singularly and corporately to sustain, maintain and produce a growing vibrant community of believers. It is not up to the pastor to pray alone. Every Christian must align their wills with his and God's. To pray wholeheartedly with him has brought down more kingdoms, fought and won more battles demonic or otherwise, destroyed more works of the devil, overthrown more principalities, more powers, more rulers, more authorities and more spiritual forces than any one single Christian alone. This does not mean that Christians should not pray alone, far from it, however, it does advocate the greater need for more Christian prayer cells, groups that the churches will be far more powerful and effective. We can do far more exponentially together than we ever could separately. The Christians that pray in one accord cannot be overthrown, downtrodden, held at bay or stopped in their advancing upon the strongholds of the devil. The devil is more afraid of one church that prays corporately on regular basis than all of Christendom praying separately. Christians praying together is like the physical elements, separately they cannot do very much. On the contrary, when they are combined they form mighty compounds, such as air, water, dynamite and nitroglycerin. How much more so still when they are crushed together do they become overwhelming in their radiance as the sun in its brilliance, in its glory. 
Christian corporate Greer has, turned whole kingdoms to God, opened the doors to prisons, received back the dead, rescued the oppressed, and brought down evil regimes. Prayer on the corporate level is the church going to war. She is mobilized and objectively set on her God-called mission. She is more feared and hated than any sermon, teaching or method of endeavor that church can produce. When a church sets its sights completely on God in prayer the world is poised on change, for a revolution is about to occur. Corporate prayer is the union of Christ and His church. This level of intimacy is magnified as we become one in Christ. This is a profound mystery, but as Paul was describing the high calling in Christ Jesus. When we pray wholeheartedly in corporate prayer in one, attitude, voice, supplication and pursuit, mighty acts of God happen. Mighty miracles are performed on the sick physically, sick mentally and greater on the sick spiritually. I am not saying when Christians get together and pray and pray singularly together. I am stating when Christians pray in one accord heaven is shaken the earth is shaken and the spiritual realm is revealed in mighty waves of divine manifestations through His people. Paul knew this when he commanded the churches to pray. He uses the plural never the singular. Just as one strand of hair is relatively weak by itself, even when they are laid side by side, how much greater strength do they possess when braided together? Their strength is multiplied far greater than singularly together. When Christ said, that they may be one Father as we are one. Here is the reason. This is the purpose of such unity, that united in prayer we stand victoriously, divided we fall miserably. Seventh response, when one studies this prayer and the comprehension begins to set in, they realize that there is only one person who could have written this prayer. That being the Lord God Almighty. If we had this prayer, and this alone we could do all things in Christ's name. No one of Adam's offspring could have produced this prayer, no not even the great Shakespeare or Isaiah or even the Apostle Paul only the Lord from heaven could have produced this prayer. No one could have written this prayer if God did not ordain it to be so created. Mankind in all of its history collectively could not have even penned that first line. Only the author of life could have and did have the knowledge to pen these awesome holy, most powerful and august assembly of so few words that would impact all of history. To me this prayer is so much proof that there is a God that I need no other proof. Christian if you wish to remain so, devote your life to this prayer, sustain thy life with this bread, energize your mind with these words that are so full, you will never ever come to the completeness of their comprehension. To the Christian this prayer was foreordained before the foundation of the world so that it would be an anchor of such refuge, a haven of such rest that it is the very seat by which the Lord God Almighty sits. Eighth response, this prayer extinguishes all the Christians' desires for there is no desires more representative and fulfilling that these verse dictate. When the church fulfills these verses the world would see a supernatural body that as Christ is its head. The church must then by all grace and love poured out upon its members is commanded to show forth the righteousness of Christ. How can we excuse ourselves for not being Christ-like? Is God going to overlook this transgression that we have caused? A Christian let us fall headlong upon our Savior and ask for the forgiveness of this atrocious insensitivity to the love of Christ in the manner of forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, every last one, no matter where they may exist or in what position they may sit, we must forgive as we have been forgiven. And holy brethren we have been forgiven more than we could ever stop in this capacity to harbor ill will against any Christian, no matter what caliber, small or great. Ninth response, a Christian, do you want to see the face of Christ then look at these five verses for they are the exact representation of Christ as Christ is of the Father. Tenth response, as I come to this study of the Lord's Prayer. I come with mixed emotions. I have been privileged to think after my Creator's thoughts and see somewhat of the life that the Church could possess if she only would come to love one another. It is with great pain that these verses are so common to the Church and yet fail to move men and women closer to God. How and what the Church, 
the bride of Christ could be should be so wonderful and powerful and filled with such glory that none would fail to see Christ in and through it all. We need the Lord's Prayer so embedded in our lives to create such a display that all could read them by what we do, by what we say, and by how we pray, for this is how we should pray.